Hail, traveler. Be wary in these lands, for the skies overhead darken with the shadows of dragon's wings. The undercrofts overflow with the rise of the dead. There is danger afoot across the whole of elsewhere. Do you venture to brave these wilds? Then come inside, rest your well-traveled feet, and order up around. Share your tales with two of Tamriel's finest storytellers. Here they are now. The law seekers, Jibs and Cash. Oh, man. Yeah, and my quads are sore. Oh, yeah, man. From holding you up. Holding me up? What do you mean holding me up? All the time. What, because of the aggro? You don't yep. know me. You don't know my life. Yeah. Oh, no, I've gamed with you this past week. You like to die and not put food on. <laughs> I absolutely have you on my shoulders. I know my place, and my place is with a pocket healer that goes by the name of Sin... Not Sinchal. Uh, uh, Sin- Sinchtail, the lore seeker. Sinchtail, lore seeker. And the funny part is I have one heal on my bar that kept you alive the entire time. I am not a healer. But I'm hey, a damage it dealer. <laughs> I'm a damage dealer. <laughs> what I am is I'm a rezzer. <laughs> That's yeah, what I do. Yeah, you I are. I am a rezzer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> Oh you know what we need? What can I get Drink. you, boy? Uh, I don't even... What are you having? Are you doing... A refill of this! What's, what it's is that? It's brown and kind of clear, and it's fuzzy Oop. in my head. Is it a drink from Merkmeyer? No, it's whiskey. Oh, okay. Can we, have, can we have a couple whiskeys, please? That'd be fantastic. I'll order for him, too, because he's the female of the Coming group. Coming right up. Thank you, dear. See, she knows what's up. I already ordered for myself. Oh. Well... I just so awkward. Yeah, you know, I just just wanted to bring it to that level, <laughs> dude. That trailer, though. Oh my god! I know. Oh, that gosh. trailer. Oh my gosh. Well, hold on to that. Hold on to that. We're going to no. be talking about that. All right. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I just I think we should just jump right in. You, you want to just let me just. All right, we'll just do it. Everyone, welcome. We're excited here today. This is our BE3 episode. Welcome. This is the Lore Seekers Podcast, Volume 4, Episode 8. And uh, we're your hosts. My name is Jordan Butts, or uh, Jibs for short. And I'm joined by my good buddy from SoCal, Cash. Friends, I just I, what I want you to do is I want everybody in our live chat to just cheer. I want you to cheer as loud as you can. I'll give you all a dollar. Okay. We're going to discuss that tonight on yeah. the BE3 oh, showcase. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the... Oh, boy, the interwebs. Oh, oh, the interwebs. Yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting time. I mean, you know what? Let me let me just do this part, and then we'll get in the nitty-gritty. We'll just let it go. Uh, so, if, if you missed it last week, we talked our E3 predictions. Turns out we were right on one. For sure, right on one. Uh, we talked gameplay launch trailer, letter from Rich Lambert, Docs Gaming was on. Or was that the episode before? I don't remember. Uh, no, that was last episode. Was last I always week. forget that. I, it's like I sleep and I forget when things happen. <laughs> I'm not even mad at you. Sorry. Okay. That's just being, that's just adulting. Is it adulting or is yes? It... All right. I, I just my wife asked me last night, "What time did you go to bed?" I don't even know. 
I think it was a good time. Yeah, I will walk out of this room and forget why I walked out of this room. Yes! Oh my gosh! Yeah. You walk like, to the kitchen. I'm like, why the heck am I here? Yeah, and like my eyes get big and I will literally stand in the hallway for a good two to three seconds before like the mouse starts running on the wheel again. Yeah. And I realize what I was going to do. But yep. that's just, it's adulting. Yep. Well, that makes me, uh, makes me feel better then. <laughs> But uh, this week on the show, we got all kinds of fun stuff. We're doing our B- this is our BE3 coverage. Uh, Cash was at BE3. It was an awesome, awesome time. Lore Seekers was there, and it was very well represented. So we're going to be talking that dungeon lore. Uh, actually, you know what? We'll probably hold off on dungeon lore. We got, we're going to be talking the uh, current hot topic of the guild history slash add-on system that's been disabled. Uh, uh-huh. And then the a lore lesson from what we could find on the Breton slash necromancer from the new <gasps> so. spoilers yeah the breton hero we're going to talk the breton hero and uh it's a short one you guys this is just we're just going to touch on it because i think the the be3 showcase and the things we're going to talk about and some speculation is probably going to take up a majority of other show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep so yeah you ready you ready to do this always i'm so excited I've just been waiting to talk about this. I'm, I'm so excited! <laughs> All right. So, look, the rest of the show, you know, the stuff we have here on our show notes, it's really just a guide. Like, we just, I just want to open it up. I just want to talk to my brother. He was in Cali. Cash was at E3, specifically the Bethesda show, front and center, front row, with Rich and... Our community managers. Yeah, I don't know. Um, was it just? Was it just? Was Gina? Was just? I didn't see. Jess. No, they, everybody was everybody there. They, was were, there. Okay. they were both there. I just happened to, and this was the part that I'm going to tell you the whole story. But the yeah, part that blew the my freaking mind was when it was time to get seats, and I got my tickets. Yeah, and I went to go sit down, and I'm like looking all over the place. I had to ask the usher because, trust me, by that time I was slightly fuzzy. So. <laughs> So I, I, you know, I asked the usher, I'm like, okay, look, I'm doing the best I can. I'm usually pretty good at directions, but I, I, I bet you, I was like kind of laughing. I'm like, I bet you if they lit a fire where my seat was, I would have found it. No problem. Yeah. Like, yep. That's where it is. Follow <laughs> the smoke. Yep. But okay. So long story short, um, I end up in the front row right in between Gina Bruno and Rich Lambert. Oh, that's so fun. Which we had just had lunch with. I mean, it, it was Okay. Backtrack. I was so excited about that whole thing, but yeah. Anyway, this is how the whole thing kind of came down the pipe. Mm-hmm. So we ended up um, getting the invite to go. Obviously, for you, it's would have been a giant issue to come out all the way out to California again. Would have been hard for you, but you were invited. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I happen to live like forty-five minutes away from LA. That's on a awesome. good day with no traffic. No, it's not awesome. It sucks. Oh, it's LA awful. It's awful. Sucks. Yeah. I live in Orange County, okay? Hey, just remember, you see the freaking beach every day. You want to know what I see? Not the beach every day. <laughs> I see corn. <laughs> I see corn, dang it. So uh, so anyway, what, uh, what I got invited to was BE3. And BE3 was basically uh, Bethesda's showcase. And... Yeah. 
Um, I, I love the way they did it. It was super organized. But um, what ended up happening was the ESO dev team put an invite out to the folks who were going to be down there for a meetup. Yeah. At, like right before for lunch. So we get down there and I actually ended up just a real quick short story. There's another lore seeker uh, from our guild. Uh, Jeek Freak lives about 30 minutes from me. And last minute, Gina was able to get him tickets for both. Oh, that's to awesome. Get in. And so we ended up carpooling down there, which Gina, if you're listening, you are amazing. Like this entire experience was super amazing. So thank you. Um, and the rest of the dev team too. But so we get down there and I, we were like the first people there. And there's this kind of this quiet guy in the corner. And I was, I was like, I wonder if that guy's just hanging out for a brew or what the deal was. And turns out it was Inode. And I found, I didn't find out until the dev team got there. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, dude! I'm like, I love you. So um, I fanboyed out on Zynode a little bit, and then we um, we I think we hit it off pretty darn good. Zynode's a really cool dude. If you guys don't know who he is, uh, Zynode Gaming, he does um, builds for ESO. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he does. He's very good at proving people wrong about the meta. They're like, that's not gonna work. And he's like, watch this. <laughs> and he makes it work. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I had a blast with Zynode. Uh, there was lots of other, you know, folks there. There were some uh, other Elder Scrolls streamers there, and um, uh, the gentleman from Elder Memes was there. He was so fun, nice, just a fun, fun dude. Um, so anyway, we had lunch. We had this great lunch, and um, I think Ophelia was there too. If you guys are watch or watch ESO streamers, Ophelia was there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really cool. Um, I had this great lunch. We talked ESO. We took lots of pictures. There was lots of hugs. Like just everything that we do at Lore Seekers was like right there. You know what I mean? Just like all the good times and the, the nice, super nice people and the love. And you could just tell the ESO community for the most part is really like that. Yeah. Um, so I had a very good experience there. A little bit of a sour experience with the greater community, which we will talk about. You want to talk about it now? It's totally up to you. Yeah, I let's mean, talk it, about it now. Okay. Okay. So, from lunch, we had a great lunch, mm -hmm. and it was kind of an open bar type thing, and, you know, we just, you know, everybody hung out, and by the way, my very favorite whiskey in the world was being served at that bar, and I couldn't even freaking believe that I found it. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, I was like, what? So, I tried to drain the guy of all of it. Um, so, then we all just kind of carpooled, or not, we didn't carpool, we did not carpool, we walked. We caravaned on foot. What'd you call that? Walking? We walked. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this place was like literally yeah. right across the street from USC, and it was at the um, Shrine Auditorium in LA, which is across the street from USC. Uh -huh. And we all walked over there, and they treated us like gold. Like every oh, single step that, of the way, we went just VIP right past all the lines, and I couldn't even believe it. I'm like, okay, like which line am I supposed to stand in? It, it wasn't the case. I mean, we, we maybe stood in like the VIP line for like 20 minutes or so, but I was just blown away. It's like this kind of stuff doesn't happen to me. I'm a, I'm a freaking idiot. You know what I mean? Like this stuff doesn't happen to me. Very cool. Um, but this dev team like did it right. They take care of their people. They take care of the people who are, who love their game. And it's like, it was so, so apparent. So anyway, we get, we get ushered in. Um, to speed the story up, I end up right smack dab in the middle of the front row 
right in between Gina and Rich, and we just had the best time. However, the greater community that was watching the Bethesda showcase, I'm not going to make this long and drawn out because I don't think it's worth my time. But there was a lot of brouhaha about how loud people were cheering. Like seriously, there were Twitter and YouTube. There's all kinds of videos and stuff now. And I'm like, are Mm -hmm. you freaking kidding me? People were upset about how loud we were cheering. And yeah, Yeah. I was absolutely part of that. And this is why. I love Bethesda. I love the things they put out. Mm Mm-hmm. We were all very excited, number one, to be there and be part of this experience. Number two, because we love Bethesda and we know they've had a rough year. 76 was a just a punch in the eye for Bethesda. So we were enthusiastic about the things that were coming out and anything that was coming out from Bethesda, we were going to be happy about, even the mobile games. But the there are just some trolls out there that went absolutely nuts saying that the entire front row was was paid to cheer and there is just not a bigger load of bs that i've ever heard in my life that is where the super fans were sitting so i'm gonna i'm gonna start and stop it with this if you didn't like what you heard you had the opportunity to turn it off and if you think that people were paid you're wrong and if you think that you're gonna sour the experience that we had you can suck it yeah, you know, I was I'll at home and people were saying, uh, oh, I couldn't hear anything. This uh, uh, guy just kept shouting. And I'm like, I'm sitting there. And mind you, my job from Indiana uh, was one thing. I wanted to watch that stream and I wanted to be on it as far as tweeting as much as possible, communicating with Cash when I could, um, you know, just doing everything I could to make as, effective, as effectively as possible for Lore Seekers while I'm here in Indiana. And so I was watching it, and I was listening. Heard the screams. Didn't bother me a bit. I was stoked. When I heard people getting stoked, I got stoked. Oh, and yeah. guess what? I heard every single thing. Every single yeah. thing that they said. Dude, so, I heard it all, too. I, dude, was, and, I was right there, and it was super loud. I heard I was one of the ones yelling. Yeah. And, hey, man, you know, we all stood up. Like, Finn, that you were saying in our chat right now, like, Finn was one of the ones... Who was one of the loudest? And I'm oh, like, I, I took example from him too. I'm like, this dude's money. You want to talk about a, a bunch of people who love their job, and yeah. somebody's going to try and yeah. sour them for for, yeah. for loving their job. And you know, Gina and Jess were right next to me, and we're standing up clapping. And when um, Mr. Firer came out, it's like, really, Absolutely. this guy's like the, the godfather. Todd Howard came out. Yeah. I was ten feet from Todd Howard, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to pass out. I yeah, think I'm gonna man, pass that right now. Awesome experience, you know. That's like it a once in a lifetime thing. Amazing. Yeah. 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 So and, one one real quick mention because I don't want to talk. I honestly don't want to talk about that part anymore. I was I was bummed for like half a day, and then I was just like, seriously, f you, <laughs> you can suck it because <laughs> I am not giving you yeah. my energy. There yeah. was so much positivity in that room, yep. so much positivity in that audience. Yep. And the devs with who they who they invited in our. ESO crew that was so much positive vibe there. Right. No one's going to sour that. Like, no, I don't think so. But I do have a real quick mention. Mm-hmm. I'm, if you guys watched it, I'm sure that you saw the video that um, the devs put out 
about the ESO community. And um, I, I did not know it, but I, I heard soon after and I had a very strong suspicion that there were lore seekers that were talked to during that video. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that our very own Unseen Cat and his lovely wife were both spoken to and did amazing. They did amazing. Their message was amazing. And it was just really neat to see some people from our own community like that far entrenched and just, we're going to use yours. We're going to use yours. It was like, it just made my heart sing. Yeah, man. Breaking proud moment. Love it. I love it, man. I love when lore seekers are out there and everyone sees them. And like a, this is weird. I feel like a, like a, <laughs> like me being so far away. It's like a proud dad from far, yeah, far away. You know? I know. It's just and like, it, I kept telling myself, like, the, this is such a perfect night. Like, the only thing that's missing, well, there were two things missing. I couldn't bring whiskey into the event. <laughs> <laughs> and the second thing was you. I wish you were there to, to experience oh, that. I wish I could have been. Bro. Yeah, it was pretty cool, dude. Plane tickets from Indiana to Cali. In case anyone would like to know, round trip is close to $1,000. And that is not in my budget. That's stupid. But <laughs> the hotel the hotel would have been in your budget. A hotel a la Kosh. Oh, sweet. Gas that room? would have been in your budget. <laughs> I get to, does that, do what I get to sleep uh, behind the under the dragon that's behind you, the, the recording studio? Yeah, pretty much. On the hardwood floor? That sounds amazing. I thought you had like a furry, like a like a Nordic furry, furry rug. I have a furry wall. Pet the furry wall. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna work for me. Pet the furry wall. Well, I'm I'm really glad you had a good time, and uh, you know, I don't even want to talk about any more about the other stuff that like you mentioned. You know, like it's not worth our time. Could be honest nope. with you. Nope. You had your moment, troll. You got it. But that's all you're gonna get. You're not getting any more. So that being said. Lore Seekers were there. You got to meet them. You got to hang out with everybody. I'm so freaking excited and just stoked. Like, and that is my phone. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, what's that? Wee. That's a wife text. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is it a meme? It's a meme. All right. So, um, you know, like, I'm just, my experience watching the show, like, I just, and I guess we'll move into really talking you know moving in talking about everything um i loved every second of it uh that moment for me personally just watching be3 it's like everything of life just faded away for a moment you know all whatever you know what people are dealing with in life doesn't matter be3 was happening and it just took all it just i don't know how to describe it so i'm just gonna tell you how i felt it just took everything away all the distractions and I was just so excited and just jazzed about everything that's going on. Not only at Bethesda, but also in Lore Seekers. And it just got me so stoked. I was so excited. And I had a hard time, even into like the middle of the next day, focusing on work. I just I couldn't. I was so excited for the community. I was so excited to see Bethesda bounce back. Because, yeah, they got sh- uh, kick in the nuts. And you know, you could argue some a lot of that was on. They kicked themselves in the nuts with seventy six. They really did, um, and 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 some of the in a lot of different ways. And you know, to see Bethesda kind of come back and do the things that they did, the way that they did. If you paid attention, you noticed the way that they announced things, the way that they really turned the focus on the player, on the people. 
And I think nowadays, having that image really means everything. Yeah. You take a company like Blizzard that used to be known for focusing on its community. Now it's known for being ran by a bunch of suits at Activision. Right. Yeah, and that so went away see, a long time ago. You got it. So you see all of that, and then you come back to watching BE3, and man, that was such a cool experience. Um, shoot, you know, just we could start right off the top. Or I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's, uh, you know, even Todd Howard mentioned it. Um, he mentioned the community. that It's like, it, we're not here if it's not for you. And I think my my biggest moment of pride was you know, it took place afterwards when I when I yeah. watching that video about ESO and about all the things that Bethesda games do for people, and then yeah. seeing Unseen Cat and Killer Kitty on there, I was just like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Once I, I found it, out that they were our friends, I was like, "You've got to be joking me!" But that it exponentiates with everybody something about eso or something about a bethesda game you know whether it's fallout or skyrim or whatever something about one of those games hits somebody in the heart yeah and this game it's another reason why the whole troll thing was just you know really was like really like nothing's gonna sour this this company and the things that they release Flawed as you want to say that they can be before they fix it. Flawed as they can be. The experiences that people have in these games pull people out of some pretty freaking dark places in their life. You got it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You got it. And you can't... I mean, are you kidding me? And people are trying to say that, you know, video games are evil and blah, blah, blah. Are you joking me? Man, you know how many? Yeah, you know how many many people have found their solace... You got and it. And their peace yep. in gaming. And mm-hmm. Bethesda does that because yeah. of the games that they make. You get to make your character and take your character through this fantasy world that has absolutely nothing to freaking do with TPS reports. Nothing. Has nothing to do with your, yeah. you know, with, with the crap that you have going on at your house or your anxiety or any of that. Yeah. It helps to soothe all that exactly. stuff. Exactly. Gosh, I love that you said that. Yeah. It is a... People take solace in these games. People look at these games as a refuge, a distraction, to get away from the awfulness of some of the things that they deal with on a regular basis. And I mean like regular the, like basis. Like their co-hosts. Like their co-hosts. Did you hear that? Like their co-host. Oh my God, you've gotten fat. So, you know, I mean... <laughs> oh. Somebody did some searching mm. for sounds. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, man. You know, so I'm super, super stoked for Bethesda. For every single thing that they put out, I'm excited for. I've been playing the crap. I said, mentioned 76 earlier. I've been pr- playing it. It got me go to go back to Fallout 4. And then I hop right back into 76. And you know what? I freaking love the universe of Fallout. So to me, I'm like, you know, I could see why people like this. I could see why people don't like it. But that being said, I could see why people liked it. So... Let's let's dive in. Let's dive in. Because we got some stuff. We got the talkie-talkie. So, uh, should we start at the top of the show? Or do you want to just jump into Elder Scrolls? Well, we're like 25 minutes into the show, so I think the top is under our feet. Okay. Fantastic. Um, 
well, let's just go to ESO. So Matt Fyroar comes out, which, by the way, you got to meet Matt, didn't you? I did. Cool dude? I did. Um, he was very, very cool. It was a very brief meeting yeah. after the show, and uh, he was looking at my shirt. And I had the I would rather be elsewhere shirt on. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I kept getting that. He was like looking over here, then looking back, and then looking over here, then looking back. And I'm like looking at him going, just all you got to do is ask. I'm going to come give you a big old hug. <laughs> just, you can look over there and look back. I'm going to come give you a big old hug. And then he fi- he finally just looked at me, and then it was he like kind of motioned me over. So I went over there, and I got to meet Matt Fire. That's <laughs> pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. It That's was awesome. Gosh, I love that. Everything. I love that so yeah, much. Everything about that experience. To see the yeah. people that you see in these videos. Yes. Um, it just, it just blows you away. Yeah, man. That's, I, I'm so excited. Like I talked to, you know, a little behind the scenes with Cash and I, I talked to Cash the day after and just listening and just watching it from Indiana, from my perspective, I was so overjoyed and elated that Eldora Seekers was represented, represented very well with Cash being there and also Unseen being there. Uh, on the screen and his wife and just you know just these interactions like I got just as much joy just being able to watch it from home in Indiana and I love the fact that you were so well taken care of I love the fact that you got to um, you know talk to all kinds of people Zynode and and um, you know of course see Gina and Rich again and and Jess and uh, you know meet Matt just all these fun things and I'm just so elated it's just so so freaking happy so matt comes out on stage just kind of go first off they drop the brand new cinematic which (laughs) yeah (sighs) i'm not gonna lie during that cinematic um i was leaning forward in my seat and and granted i have gina on my left and rich on my right yeah who've obviously already seen the trailer and they're watching it and so um my oh crap moments were obviously first and foremost when the Bone Colossus came out. With the oh, Breton, dude. The Breton yes. comes out with the Bone Colossus, yes. which we're going to oh, talk a little bit about yes. that a bit later. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Breton yeah. comes out and, you know, he's got just got that wry smile on his face. So I'm just like, okay, this dude's got a lot to do with this story. I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. So then the Bone Colossus comes out and, you know, does its thing. And... So there was an oh crap moment right there. And then when it, I, you guys all saw it. So when Kamira hisses, I yes. had a ki- I had a kitten of my very own right there oh, in the chair oh in the theater. Gosh. Yes. I was just like, oh, my God. And um, OK, so that wasn't that wasn't the point. I actually got a I like literally turned and looked at Rich at one point. And it was the next one it just happens to be the perfect one in our in our show notes. When Sai Sahan makes his appearance in yes. that trailer. Oh, man. And see, for me, it's very personal because I don't know about all you hooligans, but I did not kill Sai Sahan. Nope. I knew he had a little thing with Snow Lily, so. Can't I, that. I usually, I usually kill the prophet. Yeah. Um, He's a douche. Yeah. And if you haven't played the main storyline, then sorry. I just spoiled the crap out of it. But um, yeah. So anyway, um, when Sai Sahan came out. Yeah. And especially the moment when Kamira is on the ground and she just <gasps> takes a breath and yeah. sighs hands right there. He's like, I got you, girl. I got you, girl. I was like, 
That's Cy. Actually, that wasn't the first time I saw Cy. The first time I saw Cy was when he was controlling or he was uh, ordering his troops to, you know, to fire. And then he's just, mm -hmm. you know, he blew the, uh, blew the dragon horn. Mm -hmm. When he did that, I just about flipped my crap. And I, I, I think I hit Rich and I went, that's Cy. And like, I'm hitting Rich like he doesn't know. And he's like, I know, dipshit. That's, I get it. It's Cy. He <laughs> <laughs> was super oh. cool. And he goes, I know. Oh. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> So I had a full just teen. Oh, I had a teen girl moment. Yeah, <laughs> it was so neat to see it and just absorb it. And I think there was so much going on that I didn't really like absorb what was happening with the two announcements of Scalebreaker and Dragonhold. Like I just, I haven't either. In fact, what we're getting ready to do is the most it. absorption <laughs> I've done because I, I, yeah. uh, I was the same way. Like I saw the trailer. I don't know if you noticed this. But when the Breton walks up and it cuts to his feet and he's walking towards the dragon, you start to see the bones moving on the ground. Yeah. Did you see that? I did. I'm like, oh my yeah. god. Oh my I heart. know. And we're yeah, we are gonna touch on that a little bit later because there's tons of speculation around this character. Yeah. And uh I was okay, I was in my living room. Everyone was in bed, you know, so clearly when people are sleeping, you don't want to be too loud. But when I saw that bone colossus come out of that cloud I flipped my effing shit. <laughs> I'm like screaming like, oh my God. I Sweet mean, Jesus. Yeah, man. I mean, he, when he came out charging, I'm just like, oh my God, this is the best day of my life. Yeah. And then, uh, Kamira showing up and showing off. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Dude. I have so much to say about Kamira, but I don't. We're, we haven't hit our spoiler episode yet, and I don't want to do that if you haven't played completely through the storyline. Yeah. But I, yeah. I will just say this: given how the f this first installment of Elsewhere ends, how that main story ends, yeah, and what happens to Kamira, I'm very surprised to see her in this role once again. So was I. But, Very surprised. I'm just like, oh my, yeah. I love her. Yes. Like, I really liked her before because she's yeah. super feisty. Yeah. And she's like, you know, she hates Abner because Abner's a douche. And then she cause she does her thing in the storyline. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess that's, you know, that's it for her. She's kind of, she's doing her thing now. And not the case. She's like, I'm not going to not be a part of this. Yeah. It's how I, I took it. And I'm like, now yeah. oh, I really like her as a character. Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. Oh, I, uh, man, leading from the front, it's so bitching. Yeah, absolutely. You talk about making, you know, there is um, a lot in gaming uh, getting a solid representation of gender. You know, we see that a lot, yeah. you know. Both genders, uh, the fem uh, female gender wanting to be represented, the right, you know, strong, looking strong. And I tell you what, Kamira, right. that is how you do a female character. She is amazing. Yeah. You want to root for her. You want to see her do these things because, yeah, and again, no spoilers, so just relax. It's all good. When you experience her story and you see where she came from to right. where she's going, you're like, oh, I love her. Go, girl. You know, and then she hisses at the dragon. Yeah. And then Unseen Chat says, uh, Unseen Cat in Chat says, Kamira Hissing is basically dropping the feline F-bomb. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Pretty much. 
It was, I love Kamira and the way that she's presented. And I love everything about what she stands for. Not only in Elder Scrolls, but outside of Elder Scrolls. And, yeah, and, and she, she's true Khajiit. She is a true she Even her yeah. combat prowess is true Khajiit. Like what she does to that dragon. Yeah. I, that, <laughs> I mean, I'm like, oh my God, that was yeah. an amazing way yeah. for them to, you know, solve that conflict within yeah. that uh, cinematic trailer. And it also eludes a little bit. I don't know if you picked up on this, but it eludes a little bit at the end of that trailer because you all saw what she did. You know, she does this flying leap mm-hmm. with a with a sword she picked up from a dead soldier, right. and she basically slices down, you know, the soft fleshy part of his wing, yeah. all the way down it, so that it looks like so a cool. like a flapping drape. And I'm like, yeah. number one, that had to hurt like a bee. Like, seriously? Ow. And number two, he loses um, aeronautics and falls to the ground. And she she goes boom with him. Yeah. But at the end, it shows the raw power of a dragon to where he can fly off with a busted drape. You know what I mean? I'm like, damn. Yeah, that's saying a lot, huh? It's saying a ton. So... Um, and then uh, it also brings out, you know, when Psy blows the dragon horn, it also brings out how they can be basically brought to their knees with that thing. It's like yeah. nails on the chalkboard for me. Like, yeah, I'm just like, stop. I, I can't do this. Yeah. Yep. 100%. You know, and, and then seeing Psy again, you brought Psy back up. Seeing him show up, I had another freak out moment in the living room. Started just like. I, would, I bet my wife could hear me. I was just sitting in my recliner just going, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> now, uh, here's what I want to say. And then we need to, We probably should keep moving. Um, you know who was missing from that trailer? Here's my prediction. Lyris? Lyris is going to show up in the third part of this, riding a centrot in a battle. That's all I'm going to say. <gasps> Tell me that what? wouldn't be... Did we just become best friends? Yep! You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Thanks for mentioning mm. Laris. Oh, tell me that wouldn't be awesome, That's right? That's my girl. Yeah, dude. That would be awesome. That would just... I would literally flip my shit. Like, all right, I'm subbing for a year. Yeah. I mean, you have me for the rest of my life. Yeah. You say jump, I say how far. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. It's, it's definitely happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So awesome cinematic. Um, I think we could probably sit here and talk about it for ages, to be honest. Uh, I look forward to seeing where it's going, you know? Yeah. Most definitely. And right after the trailer, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. I can see it. You're, you no, it. you're not. You're not. I'm just, I, I literally just had kind of a moment of, of lament because I finished the story and I've hundred percented elsewhere. Yeah. So, so yeah. and it doesn't mean that I'm not going to continue to adventure there, but, um, you know, now I'm like, oh, what? I have to wait for more? You know, <laughs> I just want to say this. That Northern Elsewhere story resonated with me and has stuck with me in more ways than Somerset ever did. And that is not a knock at all. Yeah. Hear me out. That is not a knock. I agree. That is not a negative at all because I love Somerset. But there's just something about this story, something about Elsewhere 
that has hit me in the all the right places and has stuck with me for it feels like you know uh, so much longer. So I'm going to tend to agree with you. Do you remember when I talked so much about loving the Bosmer? And don't get me wrong, I still love the Bosmer. I love everything about the Bosmer. The Khajiit have truly risen on my meter, like big time, to where now yes. I'm maining a Khajiit. 100%. And I think maybe, you know, yeah, there was that dichotomy between Somerset and now with Elsewhere because they were both very, very well done. Yeah, absolutely. But the Altmer have so many more critics just because of the way that they are. Remember how we kind of mm-hmm. how kind of we were on the cast? It's like, well, give them a break. You got to kind of understand them a little bit to understand to truly get why they're so douchey. And if you can embrace that, then you're fine. But there's a there's tons of people right. out there that don't know the lore, so it's like, well, they don't they just hate them because because they talk the way they do, yeah. and they're super racist. Right. Fine. Whatever. But with the Khajiit, you immediately run into any Khajiit in this game. And you will have a smile on your face because yeah. they're super witty, super mm-hmm. comical. They're yeah. always, always trying to get away with something. Yeah. And when yeah. you make a Khajiit your friend, they are fiercely loyal. Yeah. And I was like, Agreed. and they don't eat people. I mean, that's one thing about the boss. I was like, ooh, I don't know if you can really kind get away with the eating for people thing. Yeah, yeah. You, know. you killed a man with a trident. You should lay low for a while. <laughs> but my point, you know, my point is, it's just yeah, yeah. No, I got you. The Khajiit are so so much lovable. more likable. Yeah, yeah, so much more likable. Yeah, and you know, I think we were. I talked about this with you when we were questing uh, this past week. I feel like with the Khajiit, there is just an infinite amount of Khajiit in that. I'm not talking physical number. I'm talking. Uh, as far as personalities, it feels like there's an infinite more amount of personality from the NPCs this go around. Right. And it makes, because of that, because there's so much depth into these NPCs and into the stories and everything you're involved with, it just makes the story feel like it's so much deeper. Like it has so much more meaning and it sticks with you and infinitely it makes the, this chapter feel bigger. Right, and like for me too, it was and it was the same thing in Somerset, but here more because I like the Khajiit so much more than I did the Altmer, is that you are literally stepping directly into every aspect of their culture in Mm -hmm. turmoil. Yeah. And they they need your help. And that's that's how I took like my every single thing that I explored there, I felt like I was helping the Khajiit out. Yeah. You know, and they, yeah. they've just sold it very, very well. And um, yeah. I would go and do it all over again in a second. Oh, yeah. But, oh, my old necromancer's got a lot more adventure to do in other areas. That's right. So. We got uh, some more zones to <laughs> talk about as well. And speaking of, it. let's dive into this a little bit. So, um, yeah, let's just start here. So, along with this new cinematic uh we also got some uh you know details for the rest of the year i think that's what everyone's excited about because you know elsewhere is out now so what else are we looking forward to well 
here we go. So, this coming to us from ESO Official, in other words, ElderScrollsOnline.com, and that is, quote, The season of the dragon continues with Scalebreaker and Dragon Hold. Now, uh, this says, and by the way, everything we're getting ready to go over, it will be linked over at LoreSeekersPodcast.com on the episode page, okay? So you can find all the links there. Uh, quote, with both the Wrathstone DLC and ESO Elsewhere chapter now live, the Halls of Colossus are open and dragons rage across elsewhere. You can experience the first half of the season of the dragon right now, but much more is still to come. In fact, we are thrilled to announce the final two adventures in this year-long adventure. That first makes one me up. sad, though, because it's coming to a close. <laughs> We're only halfway there, okay? I know. Halfway. All right, so first up, we got Scalebreaker. This is uh, ESO's next DLC game pack. This is a dungeon DLC. It's set to arrive in Q3 uh, from what I've been told, or what I've seen, I think it was August. This is coming. Uh, could be wrong. Don't quote me, but I thought it was August. Yeah. Um, yep. We got two. What I read. What, what you read? All right, cool. Uh, the new dungeons are Moongrave Fane and Lair of Marsalok. Mm. So there is that. Mm. I think Marsalok's a dragon. I'd like to ride. I'm just both, gonna throw it out there. Both dungeons serve as part of the season of the dragon storyline. So that means it's gonna continue. Okay. Continue in there. Uh you will fight dragons, but not all want to destroy the legendary beasts. Quote, and the Halls of Colossus was not the only place that held dragons. So yeah, there's that. Yeah, so if you look at that concept art for Scalebreaker. There is a massive dragon in chains. Yes. He's in chains. Yeah. So it does allude to the fact that some of the dragons have a conscience Mm -hmm. and may have been imprisoned here. Mm -hmm. So that may be part of your quest inside these dungeons, or at least inside Scalebreaker, which sounds like it's a giant scale-breaking dragon. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but you might have to free a dragon. Yeah, there's that. Yep. So, you know, I'm intrigued, to be honest. Like, I just, you know, I want to see where this is going to go. Because, yeah, that dragon, I try to get it on stream form. Uh, let's see, maybe if I do. Yeah, there it is. So, yeah. He looks infinitely bigger than Calgaranteed. To me. Yeah, in scale. Well, in scale. Pun intended. Yeah. (laughs) Pun intended. Yeah, he does look way bigger. He looks far to be honest with you, to me, he looks more menacing as well. You look at his you look at his wings, they're just totally shredded. And who knows, Calgaranteed may may not be the dude. The end all be all, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that could totally change. And uh you know, we're a big fan in our house, we're a big fan of how to train your dragon series. So all this is just icing on the cake for me. But seeing that dragon reminds me of the only the uh, the old ancient ones from uh, that show. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Pretty sure this is different. Pretty sure you're probably right. So <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, you're gonna be comparing him to Puff, the magic dragon. Puff the magic dragon. I'm saying roll me a spliff. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Honestly, don't. Oh, God, you've gotten fat. 
Again. <laughs> All right, then. Sweet Jesus. I'll there keep it coming. I'll keep them coming. All night. You don't All know me. Day, All day. All right, so uh, both dungeons will showcase, they're saying, quote, stunning new environments, challenging battles, and compelling standalone stories that tie into the season of the dragon. Face the challenges within Moongrave, Fane, and Lair of Marsalok, and you will receive powerful new items and unique collectibles as rewards. Now, if you uh, have been following the show here, Lore Seekers, for some time, you'll know that they put out preview articles for each dungeon, and they will typically preview some of the stuff that you're going to get inside of it. Not just sets, but also other rewards, and including achievements. So we'll be talking about that later as stuff is revealed. I do believe there's more coming at Gamescom, so be looking forward to that. Um, part of the article says, Elsewhere in Ruin. I'm just going to read this. So here we go. Quote, Coming late 2019, you can experience the exciting end of the season of the Dragon Adventure with Dragonhold, the final DLC of the year. Dragonhold brings a whole new zone to explore in southern elsewhere called Pelotine. We're called it! A lawless wasteland. Oh, yeah. Impacted by a deadly plague almost 20 years ago. There, you must gather allies, including fan favorite Saisahan, reform the ancient Dragon Guard order, develop powerful new tools and weapons, and put an end to the Dragon Menace before it threatens to engulf all of Tamriel. Dude, we're going to freaking Moss Eisley. A lawless wasteland? Bro, we're going... Bro. You, what? you can't do that to me. Why? What happened? You cannot what switch. Happened? You cannot switch IPs up like that on me because I was literally like, "What just happened to me? <laughs> Am I in some kind of parallel universe?" <laughs> that totally effed with my brain. I'm serious. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, we're going to Moss Eisley, basically. Yeah, we really are. Oh, God, excited. I wish I had that quote right now. See, we should have planned this. I would have had a great <laughs> quote. I would have had Obi Wan Kenobi standing upon the uh, the precipice and on the thing, looking yeah. over a Moss Eisley quote right now, but I don't have that. Well, way to be prepared. Google it, friends. As <laughs> Google it. As his own DLC, the region of Southern Elsewhere will be filled with new quests, new delves, new world bosses, and of course, and one of my personal favorites now, dragon hunt events. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't know if you got a chance to see the uh, the concept art that they put out. But uh, let me put this over here on the screen for everybody. Blammo! So, yeah, the concept... Well, I kind of did. I kind of failed. Hang on, stream. We're almost there. Whoa. We're almost... We're not there. All right, forget it. I messed it up. So hey, anyway, Jess, they put out some concept... It's the what? Lord. You screwed it up again. <laughs> so anyway, they put out some concept art, and we're seeing for the first time... Some pretty Khajiit-like armored-up Centrot. I don't know if you had a chance to see this, but it's there. And uh, I love the look that they're putting off for, for uh, Dragonhold. They yeah. also showcase some ships, so I'm assuming there'll be some kind of sea, you know, feel there that we'll come in contact with. That was the part. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I love the Khajiit, and I mm -hmm. love the Centrot. Mm-hmm. But when I saw that ship, I was like, um, somebody want to explain to me what that's doing in there? You want to just talk about this for a second? Yeah. It looks a little bit oh, like yeah. a celebration ship because there's lights and flags and all kinds of cool stuff. But yeah. why is there a ship in water there? 
Yeah. Mm. Kind of makes, makes you wonder, huh? Well, you know, you have you and I have talked about the next chapter for ESO and how it should be pirates and sale, saleable ships. I don't remember that. Why is the rum always gone? Come on. I'm trying to garner some support here. Oh. I'd swear yeah. if the development yeah. team hears that, I swear to God, they're just going to be yeah. like, oh my God, these guys yeah. are now off my <laughs> podcast rotation. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> really? And I'm sub. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm really excited to see where this goes, to be honest with you. I yeah. love the fact that uh, Pelotine... Um, I feel like I'm saying that wrong. Maybe I'm not. Pelotine uh, is like this lawless area. That's correct. And and you really see this, I think, a little bit in their outfit style. It looks very sinister. You know, very almost like, whoa, don't F with that guy kind of thing. It absolutely is. They're much more renegade to the south. Yeah. And you'll remember in some of our previous lore lessons, we talked about those 16, basically, houses of Khajiit that were yeah. all working in synergy together. Yeah. Well, when the Nahatan flu came down and decimated everybody, uh, it decimated a large amount of the Khajiit population because they were so susceptible to the flu. Right. Um, it killed off so many people that people that did, or um, Khajiit that did not want to be in power were thrust into power. And then it split just into those two sections, and those two sections mm -hmm. being Anequina and Pelotine. So. Right. Basically, what happened is the the more lawful, law-abiding people or Khajiit that wanted structure went north, and the yeah. more lawless clans went south. And yeah. that's what ended up happening with Pelotine, and that's why you're seeing this kind of renegade dress. If you've done any God, of I the hope quest I'm right. line... I really hope I'm right. <laughs> if you've done any of the quest line in Stitches and elsewhere... Yes. I feel like this is like they took stitches and they just blew it up, you know, like, and yeah. made way bigger scale. And that's Pelotine. Yeah, I would venture to guess that most of the Khajiit that are, that inhabit the stitches are all refugees, or not even refugees, but just travelers from Pelotine. Yep. Yep. I'm intrigued now. Kind of got me thinking. So, anyway, that's what we got so far for what we can look forward to for the rest of the year. I'm excited. Like I, I really think they hit a home run with the whole year-long story theme. It's a fresh take on the chapters that you know the way they're doing the chapters now. I would really be down if they did more of this. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, like, I like like I the like whole year-long year stories. stories. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. And yeah, um, you know when I think back to our trip to uh, San Francisco when they did the oh, reveal. <laughs> My heart just skipped a pit of pit. My heart. Oh. <laughs> um, I, I, I will not forget the look in Rich's eyes when he said it to us about it's a year. Like his eyes just went poof. And if, if anybody out there thinks that the creative director of this game is not an absolute 100% gamer, then you are loony. Sadly mistaken. You're sadly mistaken. He gets as excited about this stuff as we do. Now, granted, he has an integral part in the creation process for all this stuff, but he relives his initial... I know he does. He relives his initial excitement every single time he's able to reveal this to one of us. And that is the look that I saw in his eyes that day when he was like, it's a year-long story. It continues for the whole year. 
with our DLC. And he was so excited about it. And I'm like, and now I'm like, okay, now I get why he was so excited about that. Cause this stuff's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it works. good. Yeah. You know, it's working. Yeah. If you're an ESO fan, it's like this, it's different and it's new and there's not a bunch of different things where you're going from here to here to here. There's a major, massive, huge con. I said major, massive, huge <laughs> conflict going on in elsewhere. Open world. And <laughs> <laughs> unprecedented. Open worlds. Coming this summer. Not a theme park. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Not on rails. I know. Okay. So anyway, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, it, what they're doing is working. Yes. This is working, and it's I love this take. Working. I hope this continues. I hope this whole year-long thing goes in, you know, that they do the same thing next year. It, and it's funny that you said it's working, because um, they just had the recent announcement about uh, 13.5 million players. Yeah, um, buddy. And... I forgot to thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, it, well, you know, it's it it is it is big news. It's not probably not bigger news than BE3, but um I had mentioned that to Rich and and it's like, okay, well yeah, so what you guys are doing right now, it's it's working. You know, and he's like, I know. He goes, Did you hear about the thirteen point five? And I was like, Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and the other the other thing too is the the absolute notice they're noticing the influx of players coming from other very popular MMOs yeah are coming over and um man just if you're if you're a player out there and you experience some of the you know they're calling them wow refugees well we're calling them wow refugees if you're experiencing some of these folks take them by the hand teach them how to play the game teach them the differences you're you're building our player base when you assist somebody who has a question about something or needs gear or doesn't understand their build or doesn't know which way to go with their build help them yeah please yeah it makes I, I, our player base better that's true and you, to be honest with you you know for all the things that we we do say or we have said um about the difference of the eso community um eso community don't be surprised um, and, and even WoW players who are listening right now, like it's a different game, and don't be surprised if you, as a WoW player, have to relearn. You're gonna kind of detox yourself of how you have been playing, because it's a different kind of play style. It's a different way to play here at ESO, and that's the best part about it is it's so different. Right. So, anyway, that's it. That's what we have for the rest of the year. Uh, I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing where it goes. Um, I know you do too, and. Uh, what better way to do it this year with the cinematics and everything that they've done the way they've done it? So, God, that's the cinematics all. are getting good, aren't they? Though? And I was even like, you know, talking about the um, our uh, short lore lesson today, and going back and watching some of those cinematics. Yeah, they're all like amazing. It's all it's almost oh movie gosh. length yeah, at this man. point. There's like an hour's worth of cinematics out there to watch. If you haven't watched some of the old ones. Oh my gosh, go back and watch them. You'll be enthralled watching these things. And they're getting yeah. nothing but better. The, my yeah. favorite moment, hands down, favorite moment in all of them was Kamira's hiss. Yeah. It's just. I agree. Dude, like. The best. You and I both were huge fans of the cinematics and the Swotor days. But comparing this to those, just not it. Like it. 
they're on a whole nother level. And, yeah. And they're just... Oh my gosh! Cinematics so, always so for every single game that I've that I've ever played, and ESOs are amazing. But for every game I've mm-hmm. ever played, cinematics like just they get me pumped up, they hype me, they make me like want to jump up and down. Yeah, and just this is what we do. <laughs> just I want to yeah. like Rocky Balboa, just go out and just punch somebody. I don't, I won't, because I'm I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> But I'm just saying. Show up at your door. Hey, Cash, what's up? My Bam. gosh, they just get you so pumped up, and these are no different. So if you haven't seen them, take the time to go see them. They're pretty good. Yeah, they're really, really good. And honestly, you could probably watch them all on YouTube. All people put them in just one big loop. Yes. But anyway, um, all right, we got to move on. So we want to mention this real, kind of address this real quick, just so that you all know um, what's going on in the community. So I'm going to read this verbatim. There was some changes with the guild history and add-ons, okay? And uh, really, it's kind of put trading guilds in a tough spot, and we're going to get into why in just a second. So this comes to us from a forum post from the official ESO forums, and they say, Hi, everyone. Many of you on PCEU have been running into issues over the past 24 hours, such as uh, guild and friend lists not appearing, among other issues. This morning... We adjusted the guild, the guild history from 10 days to 5 days, and we also disabled the ability for add-ons to read guild history from the server. Note, this will not this will, I'm sorry, break some popular add-ons such as Master Merchant. We recommend turning off any add-ons that may utilize this feature. Both of these were done on PCNA and EU. These changes should help the issues many of you have been running into, but we'll continue to monitor and make additional changes as necessary. Now, real quick, Oh, looks like uh, looks like they even updated it since I last looked at it. So just to update, the change we made to PCNA and EU earlier disabled all guild history, not just the u- add-ons utilizing it. This is not a permanent change, but a stopgap until we have a chance to identify and fix the core issue. Thanks for understanding. Apologies uh, for any confusion. And then this final update right here. To update you on the issue, we're working on the in-game guild history and guild history data utilized by add-ons. The current plan is to re-enable the in-game portion, but leave the add-on functionality that used the guild history turned off for now. This is still a temporary solution until we are able to implement a better, more permanent fix. This change is planned for Monday's PC incremental patch. Additionally, we want to clarify that although you aren't able to currently view guild history, such as gold deposits, which we understand is very important to many of you, we can confirm all deposits are still successfully going through, and you'll be able to view the history on Monday once we turn it back on. During this time, we will also adjust the guild history back to 10 days. Thanks for your continued patience. Okay. Yeah, and then the last so, part. Additional, right, right here, uh, the little footnote says, additionally, Jibs is a douche. I am not. I didn't write it. <laughs> Get mad at the devs, not me. I'm not. I'm good. I'm Jesus. No, I'm a real boy. That uh, makes sense. So yeah, things break. Uh, things have been have have broken. Yeah, and to further help you understand why why this is a big deal, uh, particularly to trade guilds. Um, number one, they can't check who's donated to the bank. They can't check who's made sales minimums. Uh, and you get a lot of trade guilds who have minimums that they require so they can keep guild traders. No one can price check items. That they sucks. can't. Mo- yeah, they can't monitor overall sales. And how does this affect us? More personal level, at lore seekers or somebody, who, you know, other guilds that aren't trade guilds. Y- you can't see 
any deposits made to the bank. So, and we've had this in the past. Someone donated an amount to the wrong guild bank. And so, you know, we were able to see that, okay, they had done that, refunded them, of gold, whatever, everything's fine. They get it to where they meant to, to put it. Um, but we can't see that now. So if someone donates 10K gold to our bank by accident and they want to know if we can retrieve it, we can't because we can't see if they actually did then it. Then we keep it. <laughs> Your mistake. So sorry. <laughs> yeah. Now we wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it uh, looks like uh, you added a little footnote in here. Yeah. So if um, one of the other things that I noticed the other day before I even knew that there were issues going on, we ha- we every once in a while we have somebody leave the guild. And normally, like, I follow up, like, I want to know what happened. Like, if you're just leaving to create a spot and, you know, you're not a social person, because we're definitely a social guild. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not a social person, then we're, we might not be for you. So if somebody leaves a guild, I get a little note. And then I usually go back into the guild history and find out, like, when they left and who they were and try and contact and say, hey, what happened? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is there anything we can improve? That kind of stuff. And I noticed the other day that I was trying to check on one and... It was like no history at all. I was like, well, that's weirdness. Yeah, yeah, that is weird. Um, yeah, I it almost makes me feel like there's more that I've yet to see. You know, that's like what else can't we do? I'm not for sure yet. I'm not 100 you know sure yet. So, but they're working on it. They're working on it. So th- that being said, um, I understand guild trade guilds being upset. I would not want to be in this position leading a trade guild right now. Um, but I, I have seen this. I have seen trade guilds, you know, those members who are just absolutely flipping out to versus those who are like, hey, look, until Zoss gets this changed over and fixed, this is how we're going to do this. And so it's they've adjusted. Um, I, You know, this is not going to be a popular opinion, but this is my personal opinion. I would love if they switched all this up. Anyway, the whole way that all this stuff is kind of done. The trading? As far as... Just yeah, just yeah. Um, you know, just so- something new. I don't have a I don't have a healthy recommendation. I'm just if this was the start of something changing, I'm totally okay with it. I'm I, in fact I would brace it. Ooh, if it was the start to something changing, then I would. They're gonna take a lot of lash. Yeah. Like okay, That's, why were you subversive about said, it? Yeah. Yeah. That being said, <laughs> clearly this is not that I, because they yeah, would preface the crap out of it they'd say this is what's coming in updates blah 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 right this is a bug that the game broke something okay yeah it's and, and and you know new you look at add-ons just look at add-ons period and you know add-ons break all the time when there's new content in there so there's no doubt that other things are going to break when new yeah. things go into the game i want right. to digress from that a little bit and i want to talk to you about your last comment and say if they were to change the trading system in this game what would you know what do you think i mean let's i know you said you didn't have anything prepared but let's talk this through what would you uh, like okay. to see uh, as far as the trade guilds are con- trade uh guild traders are concerned i like that it's taking me a while to get around to it but i like it because it makes sense you know you're going from trader to trader each is going to offer something different that is how you would do it you're not going to go to one trader or merchant in real life, and he's going to have everything from every single country, from every single seller. You know, just that's just not realistic. So for me personally, I think when I say that, maybe what I would like to see is systems implemented that require that you uh, better systems than master merchant, better systems than Tamriel trader. And you know, I, I think I said this in volume 
too. But you should never have to be dependent on an add-on. I know you so well. That, that being said, <laughs> I honestly would like to see them incorporate their own better version of Master Merchant and Tamriel Trader rolled into one. Yeah. Um, now, granted, that's going to take a toll on the servers, and really I think they're still in an adjustment period because of the influx that they've had. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I would I would love to see them embrace those add-ons their own way. And if they change some things up, so be it. But I'm open to it. Now, yeah. this is coming from a guy who co-runs a social guild. This is not... I don't run, you know, a trade guild. <laughs> so... Yeah. This is my personal, casual, personal opinion. Yeah, I would really like to see some of the, you know, because those add-ons are absolutely essential for guild traders. If you're in a guild trade yeah. guild, then yeah. it's uh, it's essential. You cannot live without them for pricing. Um, yeah. And that's another thing that I think I absolutely agree with you on should be in the base game. Absolutely 150,000% should be in the base game. Yeah, I just, um, I'm open to those changes, and I'm also open to expanding the guild features even further. They did a, they did a great job really laying the foundation for things like Guild Finder, you know? And, uh, but, you know, I don't want to have to have she, how do you say that? She, she sews? Guild tools? Guild add-on? Yeah, something like that. You I nailed got, it. I don't, I, I <laughs> nailed it. I don't want to have to have that installed. I want to be able to do it all from in-game. You know, like, and so uh, I, I'm open to change. But really at what, at what cost? What are you willing to give up? What am I willing to give up? Yeah. Can we go well, look at, look at the schedule that they've done with, with, um, entertainment content. They don't have an uh, infinite team. I mean, they, you know, yeah. their team starts and ends somewhere. So you got to think about, you know, what you would be willing to give up. Would you be willing to give up one content um, release? You know what? I think I would. For, I think I would. For a real big, beefy, quality of life content release? For, yeah. I think I really would because I look at it like business. Like, it's an investment into your future, you know? And, like, yeah... We may not be able to do a huge storyline here like we would have, but this is going to help us going forward in ways that it wouldn't have previously. And so, I think I hope it's coming across like it's not really an easy like choice. Like I love no, the entertainment not, side yeah. of it, but um, I think I would really. I think I really would. And yeah, they don't have an unlimited supply of of, of uh, developers. I mean, they don't. Yeah. They're growing, but um, I think I would be open that to that though. Massive quality life changes. Absolutely. Yep. Be like the uh, Star Wars Galaxy. Um, they call that the NGE New Galaxy update or something like that. That completely just destroyed the game. Oh my gosh! You took it to eleven. Yeah. Oh, no, don't destroy the game. We, we'll, destroy keep, the game. we'll keep Master Merchant and TTC. It's okay. <laughs> we'll keep them, we promise. Oh, <laughs> don't break <Well>. it. <laughs> don't don't break it. No, no, don't no. Break it. I'm out of whiskey. All right. Are you ready to do your lore lesson? Oh, yeah. It's my turn to talk. Yeah. Sweet Jesus. Then we're out of here for the day.
What are you talking about out of here? I'm going back to Ellsworth. <laughs> I'm going to do some stuff. I'm going to get ready for bed. That's right. All right, I'm going to step back. You do you. This is a mini. This is just a little mini, so it probably won't send your nuts, but... You ever seen, Still taste, you ever for seen uh, Nacho Libre? This is what you call it. A little taste of the glory. It's a little taste of the glory. I like Stretchy pants. Step back. These are the large jeeps. Do you know I've had diarrhea since Easter? Okay, so, um, you know, since the launch of Elder Scrolls Online, the cinematic trailers have been insane. And have featured some very iconic ESO characters. Perhaps the most notable are the three characters that we saw at the very inset of these cinematic trailers. The Evanhart hero. He's a Nord, obviously. Possibly a Stamina Dragonite. But it appears to me and a lot of other people in the Twitterverse... Then there's the Aldmeri hero, a high elven magic sorcerer. You really can't debate that one. Nope. Yeah. She's a high elf sorcerer. She's awesome. She's so cool. She is awesome. And then there's one that's a little more shrouded in mystery. Mm-hmm. And that is the Breton hero. Now, he first manifests as a stamina nightblade. But we're going to talk about whether or not he actually was that, or did he morph into something else? I don't know. Did he decide? Did, did one of his skills get nerfed and he decided to respec? Did he do a class token change? <laughs> he may have. <laughs> There's no doubt that the creation and the display of these warriors from the three warring factions of ESO are stand-ins for our own player characters. Like, they are put in place to represent us as the player. Correct. Their individual skills and combat prowess are very, very well represented in the trailers, and they are certainly sparking a lot of chatter, especially the Breton. Uh, But there's just not that much information detailing their origin stories. So this will be a short lore lesson, more on speculation, and actually the things that we have seen of the Breton but his re- uh, recurrence in the cinematic trailers for Elsewhere kind of sparked my interest at making a little bit of a dive into what the dude is all about. Hmm. Okay. Whoa. I didn't realize there were... So is there like conspiracy theories about this guy? Not necessarily conspiracy theories, but just a lot of talk about like what his actual class is and the hell he could have survived some of the stuff he went through so we'll talk about okay. that a little bit but gotcha so he the breton hero he's the hooded dude and um his armor was once available in the so i bought it he's very convincingly displayed as a stamina based nightblade in the earliest trailers he's playing arrows he's dual wielding he's doing all his jumpy jumpy stuff and i'm like man he's a breton Okay. So most of those trailers were all in Cyrodiil. Like the very first ones were were all detailing the war in Cyrodiil. Yeah. Yeah. But during the conflict between the three heroes, the Daedric incursion takes place. 
So all three of these heroes that they're kind of focusing on, or they're all leaders of their own faction, or leaders within their own faction, they see what's happening. And they know that, okay, we're fighting each other here, but now there's these Daedra here, and if we don't do something, then we're all going to die. So they reluctantly join forces temporarily to thwart the Daedric advance. And this is where the Breton, in one of these videos, takes a sword to the chest by a Daedric Lord. And that's when everybody kind of went like, what? So then in a later cinematic, the Breton hero is revealed as he kind of comes up this little hill on a zombie horse... His face is all jacked up with an undead army at his back. So it's yeah. like the de- the first Daedric incursion is over. Everybody kind of goes their own way. They, you know, they regroup. And then here comes the Breton hero on his way back on a zombie horse with an undead army. And they, the, like the cinematic shows them advancing on Imperial City in Cerdum. Right. So one may speculate that the Breton was resurrected at some point or the wound he took from the Daedra wasn't fatal, but I don't know. I kind of know injuries a little bit in my line of work and a sword slash penetrating wound to the chest is normally not good. (laughs) So this guy may have something else going on under the hood that we don't really know about. So either he was resurrected, he survived the blow, or he himself was already among the undead. You know, with what we thought was his previous death in the previous previous trailer. Mm-hmm. And perhaps in the previous trailers, you know, when his skin looked good, he probably just wasn't revealing his immortal status. Is my thought. Okay. Okay. So, from that point, in every other cinematic trailer, beyond the point of that particular trailer, which was entitled The Arrival, the Breton hero appears undead. His skin is decayed, all jacked up. It's sloughing off his face. His eyes have that crimson blue. I tell you, I'm going to say excuse me because I just burped. You don't even have to edit that out. Excuse me. I'm just gonna, anyway. I'll let you finish. <laughs> There's, I totally paused. There's no way around that. I totally burped. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, um, so at that point, the Bre- he, he actually appears undead in all those subsequent trailers. And his skin sloughing off his face. His eyes are that super, super crimson blue. The same one that all the undead have. If you watch Game of Thrones, you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. So he's got this undead army in tow. And there's absolutely no doubt that this aggressor we used to think was a Nightblade has made a full transformation to an undead, possibly stamina-based necromancer. Yeah, so this kind of comes out a little bit like when we talk about the latest trailer, but we're not there yet. So when he, he comes over in the same exact trailer, he comes over the hill. He's got this undead behind him. You're like, okay, this dude is definitely undead. He right. was fully after revenge because the opening battle scene is one of the coolest freaking battle scenes that I have seen between two people in any trailer ever. And it's a brutal fight between him and the Ebonheart hero, the Nord. Oh man, that was a fight for the ages. Yes, if you have not seen this, do yourself a favor and go 
Google the arrival. Um, ESO trailer so cinematic slash don't miss it. It's freaking amazing. I want him so bad. Yeah. So like I'm watching this just going, why do I not have a Nord tank? I'm such right? an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is just such a badass. So um, there's a super brutal fight between uh, the Nord hero and the Breton hero. And um, the Breton hero does not seem to have like any emotion at all. Like he's super um, dexterous and he's jumping around doing his thing. He's landing blows. He gets quite a few shots in on the Nord Dragon Knight. Before what appears to be a fatal blow by the Nord into the chest, torso, abdomen area of the Breton, right up against the pillar. And the Breton's just like, whatever. At this point, the look in his face is just like, I don't even care. I don't like you. I think he wanted death. There you go. I like that. So, he impales the Breton with the business end of his battle axe, and then the Breton really just didn't even, like he didn't really give a crap. And then, like Jib said, like maybe he had no fear of death. Maybe he was seeking his own death. So the Breton appears to be on his last leg. And he's, he's just kind of sitting there and he's like taking his last few breaths. And he's got these black vapors of death coming out of his body. And that's kind of when I was like, okay, definitely necromantic in some respect. Yeah. So at that exact point, the high, uh, the high elven sorceress appears. The, the high elven old Mary hero appears. And then this is where the speculation comes in because it's not quite exactly clear what she does to him. Correct. But it appears that she cleanses him somehow or heals him somehow because you can see his skin color change from decayed to normal. I mean, he's still pale. Right. But you know the decay kind of goes away and then you can you can see if you're looking at that wound that she gave him on his neck you can see it disappears and then he's kind of like holy crap lived to fight another day and then she right. walks off into the sunset and she leaves him there by himself so from that point that's it you don't see anything else from the breton hero until the very latest trailers for Elsewhere emerge. You don't see anything through um, Morrowind or Somerset of the Breton Hero. So he first appears at the very end of the Elsewhere announcement trailer. And he's inside a secured guard, guarded cart. And the cart is guarded by several Argonians. And the landscape is pretty darn clear that you're in Elsewhere. And then a dragon flies overhead. So now it's even more clear that you're in Elsewhere. And then the Breton is seen with his scarred face and like a really wry smile. And that's all you see of him. So like, okay, where the hell has this guy been? Why is he in chains? But for me, I'm thinking about, I'm like, okay, well, speculation would maybe lead me to believe that he was in prison because of his affinity for necromancy. Which I think is a very solid thought. Jibs? Yeah, especially, you know, lore based, depending on where he's coming from. You know, I mean, if he's coming from a high elf area, guess what? They hate necromancy. Most of Sir- most of uh, Tamriel in general 
Um, there's a lot that embrace necromancy on a general populace with merchants and whatnot. But um, when it comes to you know uh, elsewhere, they give two craps about necromancy. So, yeah. or you know, I think it's interesting they're bringing him here. Yeah, or perhaps because he was being transported by Argonians, perhaps he did something in Shadowfen, in the Black Marsh. And they captured him and were like, uh, uh uh-uh, we're returning you to where you're wanted. Could be, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, there's... God, they can take that story in so many different directions. So, um, his return remained kind of in the dark during the release of Elsewhere. Even though he was in the trailer, you're like, he never... Oh, God, spoiler. Never really shows up. You're like, where the hell is this guy... You know, where does he come in? But with the reveal of the last trailer of the season of Dra- season of the Dragon at E3, the Breton hero is back. Mm-hmm. So you'll see Abner. You already saw it earlier uh, in the show, or if you haven't seen it, go watch it. But Abner Tharn and then Chimera descend upon Rimmon in flames, and the Breton is seen crawling from the wreckage of possibly the same prisoner's cart. I would assume so. I'd assume it's the same. So um, he even lends a hand in the battle with the massive dragon. Now, but this time it's not Nightblade skills. Like, not at all. So unmistakable necromancer skills, including Bone Colossus, he's using. I mean, that was like the hi- one of the highlights. The hiss is the highlight. But it was one of the highlights of that whole video was the Bone Colossus morph that he used. And then he got smacked into a pillar and all that stuff. So, as much as I scoured, there's not any lore on this guy. It's just spec. It's all speculation about, you know, who he is, who this mysterious character is, and what his origins were. So, he's super interesting, and, like, I'm dying to know what he has to do with this, and I really hope that in Pelotine we get to figure out what the deal is, but there's nothing out there. You know what there. we need? You know what we need, Cash? More. Three novels. Oh my. oh my god. Each representing each hero. Devin Hart hero, Aldmeri, and then uh, Daggerfall. Chat says, That's what we chat need. says Skuma. That's what That's we what need. <laughs> we need Skuma too. But yeah, at the end of the day. Novels, you are correct. I, uh, yeah. I would, you know, be down to climb with some novels. But, uh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good job, buddy. Thank you. Sorry, it was short. It's just I'm just no, speculating about, about the dude because he was so man. He was like about. really yeah. stuck in my head. Like this guy is going to be a major player. Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up. That's good. Okay. And uh, maybe one day in the coordinate chat they brought this up, and I think it's a solid poll, so I'm gonna use it. Um, I don't know who wrote it, but uh, when maybe when they release the Western Skyrim chapter, they can bring back the Nord, huh? Huh? Yeah. Oh my god, dude. It's awesome. Yeah, right? Yeah, nice pull, chat. Um, well, everybody, thanks so much for hanging out. We appreciate you all so much. Um, thank you all for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoy, we hope you enjoyed the show. Uh if you did, we hope you leave us a five star review on whatever your app you're using. Of course we hope you subscribe, but if you leave us a five star review on iTunes, we give you some love with a shout out. And speaking of, we have Hyper Pixie Gaming. I love her. Her face. She's so sweet. It's like Lord of the Rings. I know your face. 
Uh, she says, quote, I'm completely addicted to this podcast. Jibs and Cash have a true passion for Elder Scrolls that is truly contagious. They help me get through the workday every Friday. Their guild is like family, and they've done an incredible job fostering a friendly community. Thank you very much. Thank really you. Really appreciate that review. We can't, but you know can't what? take all the credit for the friendly exactly. community. That's yeah, our team. No, it, yeah, solid guild leadership team. Solid. Thank you so much for that review. We really appreciate it. You can always call us, 765-382-6961. I checked it the other day to make sure it still worked because I hadn't called the number since we started the show. So <laughs> turns out it does, so it's there. Uh, email us, loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com, and you can join the official Lore Seekers Guild. Visit loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild. Read all the tidbits there. If you like what you see, download Discord, join our server, and uh, type slash apply in the Apply to Guild channel. And then you'll receive a DM on Discord with the application. Fill that out. It'll get sent to us. We like what we see. We'll let you in. Uh, you can follow the show wherever podcasts are free. Like I mentioned earlier, wherever they're free, we're there. Be sure and subscribe. That way you get your stuff automatically. So there's that. Where can they find us at? You can find us on Twitter. You can find myself at LoreSeekerCash, cash with a K. You can find Jibs at Jibs IRL. Most importantly, you can find the show on Twitter. You can find us at LoreSeekersCast. At Instagram, you can find us at LoreSeekers. And on Twitch, if you're not already here, twitch.tv slash LoreSeekersPodcast. I have a couple of shout-outs. I just want to say a big thanks to the um, ESO content creation crew and the fans that were at BE3. You were all absolutely amazing. Uh, Rena awesome lady um ophelia was amazing zynode um who else was there elder memes can't say his name he's incognito but just really good solid people steve thanks for going with me we had a blast and um that's what this community is all about yeah it's a beautiful thing man it really is for everyone who listened to today's episode you listen to us in the past, you're coming back, whatever it is. Just know that we appreciate the crap out of you. We love you. Thank you so much for your time. We hope you have a great week. Stay safe. Stay awesome. And as always, dilly freaking dilly. Take care, everybody. It's my line, you douche. I'll let you finish it. You can do it again. Do it again. Give it to him. Sweet Jesus. <laughs>